What's up, Supergirl Radio listeners? This is Rebecca Johnson, and since I recently served as a panelist at this year's Atlanta Science Fiction and Fantasy Expo, I thought I'd share this discussion that we had about live-action DC superheroes on the small screen. Enjoy the panel! Coming. Um, I guess I'm going to go ahead and let all the panelists introduce themselves. Uh, let's start on that end, Sark. Sure, I'll go first. Uh, my name is Sark Sarkeesian, and uh, I'm nobody special, but I am a huge Batman fan, and I know we're here to talk about DC heroes on the small screen, and uh, I hope I can bring a little Gotham flavor to the yeah. panel because, uh, yeah, that is my wife Benita is out there to cheer me on, and uh, we, are, we are big Gotham fans, and so uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, holy bat pastor. So yes, I, I show my bat love on Twitter that way. So that's what I was going to say, Sark. If, if, if everybody on the panel wants to say their favorite DC character and their favorite live-action DC TV show. So I guess oh, you sort of answered I it. I did it already. <laughs> Batman, obviously, yes. All right, sounds good. Rebecca? Uh, my name is Rebecca Johnson. I am one of the hosts of a podcast called Supergirl Radio. We talk about the CW Supergirl yep. series. Yep. And uh, we also talk about all things uh, related to Supergirl. So if you like the comics, the animated stuff, we talk about that too. Um, uh, favorite TV show and favorite, favorite, favorite character? Yeah, favorite DC character and favorite yeah, live-action live TV, TV show. This is going to sound so biased. <laughs> so biased. Uh, but currently, I mean, if it was probably last season, I would say Gotham was my favorite DC TV show. But wow. Supergirl, I think, has been knocking it out of the park this season. Uh, so I would say Supergirl for me. And then Kara... Okay. Uh, <laughs> would be my favorite uh, character. Um, so uh, yeah. So whether you think of her as Cara Danvers or Cara Zor-El, she's my favorite. Or Cara Kent, if you're talking Smallville. You could. No, not too. Cami. Yes, I'm Cami. Cami and Ray. I'm the co-host of a podcast called Arrow Squad, where we review Arrow episodes every week. Yeah. Um, for yeah, yeah. Arrow. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, Black Lightning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Black Lightning soon. Yes. Um, the podcast is with Golden Spiral uh, Media, and I also sometimes write for various online stuff. My favorite DC TV show, I mean, he kind of gave it away, but it, it's Black Lightning right now, believe it or not. Ooh, right. It stole the throne from me. Um, can, I, can I pick two characters and have them tied? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. No rules. So here. we got an oldie and a newie. So, favorite uh, character from Black Lightning right now is Anissa. Like, yes. you cannot top Anissa yes. Thunder. 
And then um, from the rest of them, what I would have picked before Black Lightning, it's got to be Felicity Smoke. I don't know how you could have possibly guessed that. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. <laughs> All right, Jordan, you're up. All right. She cried a lot. Um, yeah, I'm Jordan Valdez. I'm the co-host of Multiverse Musings, a DC Comics podcast. We talk about all things uh, surrounding around the DC Universe, movies, TV, comics. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that. Um, I was formerly a writer for the Batman website, Cape Crusades. Um, and uh, just I like to throw this in there a lot of times. I was the founder of the DC Comics Club at Bard College at Simons Rock. So my alma mater, I was the, the founder of the DC all Comics right. Club. So. <laughs> Way to rip. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I would say that uh, my favorite uh, DC character is Batman. And, um, yeah, Drop that mic right about. <laughs> I'm with you, Sartan. <laughs> uh, but my favorite live-action DC TV show, I'm going to go with one that's not a current one, and that would be Smallville. There you go. Let's get some love for Smallville. <laughs> Always hold on to Smallville. All righty, so... Um, like I said, we don't have we don't have slides anymore for you guys, but I do sort of have sort of a general outline of how we'll, we'll sort of go through the shows. We'll talk about each one for a little bit. I know not everybody on this panel watches every show, but sort of we got we definitely got some experts on certain shows here, so that'll that'll be a lot of um, that'll be a lot of fun. So I just. We're, we're going to mainly focus on the live-action DC TV shows, but uh, sorry, the live-action current DC TV shows, I should say. But I wanted to start just with a little bit on Smallville, because in my in my eyes, that's where that all, that's where this all started. That's where this all started. I mean, yes, I, I always like to think about what the analogy would be. Is Arrow the grandfather of what we have now? Or sorry, is Arrow the father of what we have now, and Smallville the grandfather? Is yeah. uh, how, how how would you what, what's the best analogy? Does anybody have a good analogy for that? No, that sounds pretty uh, plausible to me. I mean, I've never watched Smallville, but I, mm -hmm. I would be one of the first to admit, from what I know of the history, yes, I mean, we would owe a lot to, to Smallville's presence. It ran for, what, like 10, ten seasons? Season? Ten that's phenomenal. Season. I remember hearing that it was going to come on and thinking, oh, that's interesting. That probably won't last long. And then <laughs> to go a decade? I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that is saying something. It is. It is indeed. Yeah, it premiered in 2001, lasted until 2011. And really, the, the reason I think it really leads into the Arrowverse that we have now is uh, Green Arrow was introduced in season six, eventually yeah. became a series regular for the final three seasons. And so that sort of, let, that sort of popularized the character and is a large reason why we have Arrow today, so um, I don't want to spend too much time on Smallville, but I wanted to make sure, as a huge Smallville fan, I wanted to make sure it got it to do here. Mm -hmm. And of course, Supergirl also appeared on Smallville. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, let's move into let's move into Arrow now. Uh, let's let's go down. I don't know how we want to do this. Do we want to just sort of go down the panel? I, I know not everybody on the panel watches Arrow right now, but uh, if we want to go down the panel, talk about some of our thoughts on the show overall, the current season. Um, yeah, but what, what do you guys want to do? What, what do you guys want to do too? Because I mean, I want to get, I want to get. Um, I will say this, Smallville, unlike the other DC shows, it does have the best opening. Oh hell yeah, absolutely! <laughs> Somebody save! Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you started that, I just saw like so many like nostalgic smiles. Right, right. That's all. That's all. I have that song. I have a whole Smallville playlist on my on my phone that I listen to all the time. But it's like anytime that song in particular comes on, right, and you start hearing you start hearing that song, and you immediately think you see Tom Welling in the opening credits, and you you just um, it feels like you're starting an episode of the show, right? It's great. It's great. Well, man. there's something to be said about how Smallville had an actual opening title sequence whereas the shows now don't have that you'll have a logo or you'll have 
My name is Barry Allen. I'm the yeah. Alive. You know, yeah. they all do story. They all do seem okay. So, how many of the current like DC CW shows start with what you're talking about? The monologue. The voice like, narration. We know yeah. Arrow has the My Name's Oliver Queen. Barry Allen has his Legends. Are they doing that right now? Sort of. They switch yeah. it up with the characters. Yeah. Right? Each character does a different has, episode. But it's a, like yeah. a voice it's a monologue type yeah, of thing, thing still. Yeah. And they do the whole Super thing, don't that? don't call us heroes, we're legends. I guess in terms of like yeah. opening sequence, that whole focus on like trying to establish your identity as a hero through like the very beginning is like this is who the story's about and mm-hmm. here's the voice telling it, I guess Arrow would have started. Yeah, they started the trend. But yeah, you like yeah. the Smallville I better. do, I do. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's a product of his time. I don't think we see that on TV very often in general anymore. But, you know, to have a to have an opening for 10 seasons to have the same song and to have that intro, you know, there's something every time it would come on, you'd know what you were watching. You'd get excited for Smallville. I feel so. like if any of these shows could pull that off by doing that again with a new song that fits, that, it would have been Black Lightning. I could see. I mean, they have a theme song. Black yeah, Lightning does yeah. have a theme song. Power. So, oh, I mean, because they kind of yeah, Black, Black Lightning, Lightning. Yeah. Black, that whole thing. Yeah, they yeah. just don't do an opening credits thing. So I could. Right. I see where you're coming yeah, from yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, cool. absolutely. So, um, but you want to talk about Arrow? Yeah, let's talk about Arrow. Yeah, Why not? You're, the, you're the Arrow expert here, so <laughs> just pulling it back around in my interest. Not um, did you want to start with like questions that get us all started? Sure, or something? I'm open to what that. What do you guys want to hear so, us say about? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Okay, we all know that Arrow is the longest CW in the superhero show and all. Currently, So, yeah. do, you, uh, do you have any opinions? Should you think it's time for Arrow to end soon? Or do you want it to continue on and do the 10 seasons like Smallville? That's a good question. You want me to start that one? Go ahead. Or does somebody else want to start yeah, that one? Okay, so actually, it's a really timely question because I know this season and the end of last season, they started to kind of crop up some think pieces of like, is Arrow done? Has Arrow run itself into the ground? Yeah. I think a lot of what we see of Green Arrow as a hero and his hero's journey in the comics has him much older than what we're seeing him right now Mm -hmm. and has him much more political than what we're seeing him right now. And he has a more specifically political point of view, um, things he wants to achieve. And he's, he's older and he's kind of cocky and, you know, wizened by what, sorry, I thought somebody was saying anything, wizened by all these years, all of this sort of stuff. And I kind of would like to see that version of him. I could, if I were to like go back and sort of repace Arrow, I would have done a five seasons and done thing with them. I, I think yeah. as soon as he's completed his five year journey, that would have been over. But right around like the end of season two, especially in season three, and kind of the the peak of like the dis dissonance, I think was in season four. Yeah. They had all these other stories. They had things kind of dragging it out. They had it was very clear at that point that they really wanted it to go longer than five seasons, and they were going to mm-hmm. sort of like drag everything out to make that happen. If we had cut all that out and started this journey faster, and by the time we got to season five, Oliver Queen was like political, older, you know, kind of grizzled and cocky and dry sense of humor. Goatee? Yeah, goatee, (laughs) been married for three years, had kids, you know, like all this sort of stuff. By season five, then we could have ended it then and had experienced him as that sort of hero. And right now I'm sort of like, I don't want it to end because we haven't got to experience that yet. And it's unfortunate that it, like, that so many things kind of dragged out that we didn't this far. But now that we are this far, like, can we at least get there? So... I'm not ready for it to die until we see that content. Yeah, but here's the thing. If Arrow does consider ending it now, you have to realize that it could have an effect on the other CW mm-hmm. shows and now. So you're thinking, 
if arrow ends, if a, a particular C symptom, don't you think that might affect the other CW shows? Like, you know, should it'll be we a have domino an end effect. Like there, or should we have our own ending, like our own particular series to where should, we should end? You see, I see, I see it as actually the opposite, and I think that the benefit of having the shared universe of the Arrowverse is that even if Arrow ends, we can still see Green Arrow hop on the Wave Rider every once in a while and chill with the Legends, you know, for an episode. So it's like, I feel like it's a way to keep this, because we've got this universe, it's a way to keep those characters alive, um, even if Arrow does end. So that's the way I see it. Yeah, until the last show gets canceled in this universe, like, you can always still see these characters oh, come back. Sure. And what, what season are they in right now? They're season six. So, six so that I think they're probably going to have to start talking about that kind of thing because usually the actors are signed up for a seven-year contract. Mm -hmm. And so if they get into season seven, then they're really going to have to decide, okay, do we want to renew these contracts and mm -hmm. keep this going? Or do we, because like on Smallville when that happened, Michael Rosenbaum was like, peace out, I'm out of here. Yeah. And so then they had to rethink what are we gonna do if we wanna keep the show going? So I think that is something that the network is, is gonna to have to seriously And Smallville with. pulled it off bringing in Tess Mercer. Right. And so they were able to keep the show alive and they they sort of did a little bit of a soft reboot mm -hmm. for the last three seasons mm -hmm. of that show. And so it, it can be done, I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Sorry, sorry. Well, to, to his point now, I don't know what the perspective is, but I can tell mine, you know, this is where I feel, since I, I'm not able to keep up with Arrow or Flash or uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which I was doing for a while. Uh, give you some backstory real quick. Flash uh, lulled me in. You know, I, it lured me in. I watched the very first episode. And I thought, let me just try it because I was already committed to Gotham, and I didn't think I would have time for another show. And uh, and I watched, and I was I thought it was compelling. I thought, wow, that was really enjoyable. So I became a Flash fan that first season. It was the crossover event where I get my first exposure to, to Arrow. And I'm like, come on, man, I ain't got time for a third show. <laughs> and so what do I do? I'm going back trying to catch up. And so I watched Arrow religiously for that season and the following season. Then I met a certain someone and fell in love, and I didn't have time, as much time as I originally did. But those crossover events, I don't think they can be un, you know, underestimated or undervalued in the way that they can snag a fan in if they like one mm -hmm. and they see all of these characters interacting they're so compelling they were for me and i'm remember i'm the batman guy like i only liked the flash and green arrow and everyone else in the dc universe because they knew batman <laughs> that was the only that was the only value i saw that they had and so i would i would buy those justice league movies and that was the only exposure i would get to superman or anyone but those shows really did it for me and they helped create a, a, a mini fandom in me so um i can see why they would try to extend the life of the show if they can i know i'm sure they don't want to um you know, forsake quality because that always becomes an issue. But speaking, this is bounces off something earlier that we said. Uh, Smallville's success for ten seasons when Gotham was announced, I went get out of town. They're gonna have, oh my god! And I started thinking, wait a minute, that show, that Superman thing, it went for ten seasons. I wonder if we could get that kind of life out of Gotham. So I think a lot of fans hope that you know that can happen. Well, almost, you know, almost halfway there now. Right? Yes, Gotham. exactly. It feels like we're getting there. So. That's so interesting that you came into some of those shows through the crossovers mm -hmm. because I think that there, there is that plus side to it, but there's also a downside mm -hmm. to where if you only watch one of those shows, 
you come into it going, what the heck is happening? I don't know these people. I don't know what's True. going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that I wondered about with, uh, I think it was the duet uh, yes. crossover between yeah, Supergirl yeah. and the Flash. Yeah. Where a I musical think, number. Yeah, yeah. So I think the previous week of Supergirl, Kara and Monel had broken yes. up. Yeah. And yeah. then in the, in the next week with that crossover, they got back together. But I was just thinking, if you came, if you only watched Supergirl, you would see them break up. And then the next week of Supergirl, they were back together, and you're like, "What just happened?" Yeah. So I think that there are some things there, are plus and minus, sure. to those crossovers. Well, the crossovers, a lot of times, you see your favorite characters written by different writers, and in a perfect world, you wouldn't know that. It's just like, oh, they're still in character, and they're still written the same. But I think there's some examples, like for example, when you see Diggle on the Flash, mm -hmm. it's yeah. like an entirely different character. Like I recognize this guy, but he's he he's having to deliver completely different lines, and you know the actors mm -hmm. do a fantastic job trying to still sound in character but if what's written on paper is just so different from what we had previously seen there's also that but you know there's mm -hmm. there's pros and cons in terms of ratings the crossovers are fantastic for ratings mm -hmm. yeah. they draw in a lot same way with like comic book crossovers are supposed to spike ratings so that will help but in terms of like who how many people watch every show I think we just saw at the last crossover right beforehand they had done a poll, and I think only 27% of Arrow viewers watch one or more other shows, or it might be two or more other shows. So you're going into it, at least 50% of the characters you don't necessarily mm. know, or maybe don't care about the same amount, so mm. it's pros and cons. And don't forget, it's sure. not just the live action, remember, they also had a Vixen, who, who originally yeah, had the animation, so had the online and then there was the Constantine, which mm -hmm. I was glad they brought him back from NBC, mm -hmm. and of course now they're bringing up an animated series about him, and you know, they're extending the front line, not just in live action, but now. And they've got animation. the Freedom Fighters, the Ray animated right. series, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so they're, they're really, they really are building this universe, I mean, we got tie-in comics for most of the shows I've had at some point now, too. Just touching on one more thing that Sark had said was, you don't want to sacrifice, um, you know, quantity, quantity for quality in right. terms of having the shows extended but fact of the matter is I'm still loving Arrow right now yeah. and if I continue to love Arrow going forward then I want it to keep going I don't mm -hmm. care how many seasons it is yeah. as long as I'm still loving yeah. it so that's that's sort of where I stand on that on that sort of it's 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 still at the viewership yeah I like the way Felicity like jumps over like to flash yeah and she's friends with Barry and mm -hmm. you know and then she stood up with Iris and you know she's yeah. buddies with the girls and you know when they do the little cool. crossovers it's great yeah, like they did the girls night bad. out episode mm -hmm. of the flash yeah. this year that was yeah, great yeah. There's some characters yeah. that I think lend themselves well to crossovers where they yep. can believably be friends on other shows, yeah. and then there's some where it's sort of like, ooh, who is this like in this <laughs> universe? This makes no sense. Why are they here? Are they using their powers? Like, that's yeah. the other, the powers. You kind of run into some plot holes with the crossovers there yeah. too, where like there's certain characters that could completely just blow the entire room up if you really wanted to, and they just like can't <laughs> use their powers because that would mess up the plot lines. Well, that's yeah. that's what Supergirl struggles with a lot with Martian Manhunter yeah. is yeah. they have. Yeah. to sort of depower him because frankly I've always stood by that he's the most simply just the most powerful hero in right. the DC universe pretty much I mean thinking about his power set and you have him on a show where you've also got Supergirl you've also got Superman sometimes you've also got Guardian you've also got the leader of superheroes now and it's like he's more powerful than all of them but you sort of have to but you have to let tone Superman. it back yeah, yeah. his, yeah. his list proper. of abilities is tremendously long like he has all of the same powers as Supergirl but he also has all of the mind powers and all of the phasing powers yeah, they do struggle with that a little bit. And it's weird in this season of Supergirl, there's another telepathic character on there. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do anything of with Saturn. Yeah. yeah, sometimes that is the case. It's a TV show. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, since you guys were bringing it up, um, you guys feel like, um, and, and I'm a huge fan of all these shows, but I, there, you know, there are times where I might be watching Supergirl, and um, there might be stories that are like taking precedent over her. You know, the show's called Supergirl, and like yeah. I understand, like, you know, we were talking about Smallville and the crossover there and stuff, and all that's fun. Yeah. But it, 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 I feel like the, the focus should still be her. And sure. a lot of, and sometimes maybe it's not. I mean, you know, season like, two, I think that was definitely yeah, the mm-hmm. case. Yeah. There, so were, like, there were some episodes there that it felt like the Monel show, and I think that really um, mm-hmm. pushed so, people back a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. But I think this show has now turned around, in my personal opinion, that it, it has come back to Kara and her story. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then there's, there's also the addition of Sam and Ruby, that, who have mm-hmm. kind of. But they play into Kara's story too, so I think as long as everybody sort of feeds into Kara's overall story, but is yeah, that some across the board is that the problem with these shows, or is that with, with the one thing that's always struck me is, with the exception of maybe Black Lightning, they're all very much ensemble shows. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. got Team Arrow, you've got Team Flash, you've got Team Supergirl at the DEO, and it's like, and of course, Legends is a team, is a literal right. team. So it's <laughs> like even for listening to that joke in the first class, like, Team Arrow, Team oh, yeah. Flash, <laughs> yeah. 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 they're all cute. Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like just by the nature of the of the formula they've sort of that Berlanti goes with with these shows, you sort of I feel like you can run into that sometimes. But I've never felt personally like the show steps too far away from their titular hero most of the time. I've I personally I've always felt that they've always still maintained a central focus around Supergirl and Green Arrow and Flash. Two comments. One, I think Black Lightning does have a team focus. I just think the team is his family. Okay, no, that's fair. Yeah. That's Whereas fair. everybody else, it's like a team. Yeah. Her daughter. Yeah, the daughters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think everybody else sort of had to like assemble a team and get them to gel. And with Black Lightning, we almost don't realize that there's a team because they just automatically fit and work so well together and it's his family. It's a different feel because that I think it will wind up once both Anissa and Jennifer wind up suiting up, I think it'll wind up feeling more like the other shows in terms of the team dynamics, right. a little bit more so than it does now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but, the difference between Black Lightning and the other shows is that Black Lightning, he's already been a hero before, he retired, and he's yeah. an older person and now he's a little bit more wiser and now. Yeah. He's not like the other, where they're all young, 20-something looking. You're not, not seeing Black job. Lightning like stress over what girl he's gonna ask to prom. Exactly. It's like an entirely, <laughs> <laughs> entirely different vibe. I, think, yeah. I like Black Lightning the most when it first started because it's a little more realistic. He deals yeah. with real world yeah. issues. Whereas, he's a teacher. Yeah. 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 yeah, so he deals with race and all that. Whereas yeah. all the other shows, you know, they just, you know, they, they're, they're meant to be more like comic book uh, TV shows yeah. rather than realistic. Well, hmm. That's I'm, a great point. I'm curious about what your thoughts are on Gotham and related to that because at least with the CW shows, you do have the main characters mm-hmm. on there. You have Kara and Oliver and Barry and all that. But on Gotham, there's, I mean, there's no real... I mean, yeah. there's Bruce, obviously. Right, and then but... Jim Gordon, the, the, the entire idea was that it would be a show about Jim Gordon primarily. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when I heard your comment, I appreciate you asking because it does affect, even though Gotham is very isolated from the CW shows, um, I think often it depends on your perspective as a fan. Like, I'm just one of those, like, I love every plot line they kind of get into. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Bruce is not present on one episode i'm i'm looking forward to his return or which happens a lot actually. yes and right and they'll be like hey there was no we'll look at each other and hey there was no selena tonight you know yeah. or two weeks without selena you know um whoever i know that there are fans who have taken issue with uh the show not concentrating on gordon and bullock and that might have been their original vision mm-hmm. but i think Here's my perspective. This is an opinion. This is not <laughs> fact, or I'm not you're, quoting you're here anyone. To give it. Yes. So, 
I think originally they hoped best, the showrunners hoped best for a Gordon-based kind of Gotham Central type of show. Yes. But I think they realized very early on, wow, we, that, I think the fans really want to see the beginnings of the villains also. Yeah. Um, and like see Bruce on his journey. And so I don't think Bruce was intended to be that much of a character or a presence in the show. And I'm personally, I'm glad with the creative choices that they've made. I like... Here's what I say, and this is not meant to be an affront toward anyone who's a fan of a particular villain in the Batman mythos. So often you'll run into people and, like, they're a Joker guy, you know, or they're yeah. a Penguin guy or a Riddler, and that's their favorite. And they're like, man, I don't even care about Batman. I, I hate to say it, but really, I think ultimately the only reason we care about any of these characters is because of the bat. It's because their connection to him and their place in the overall mythology. Mm -hmm. So I like having the emphasis on everybody. You know, I want to, I want to meet the early versions of these characters as often as I possibly can, or, or their parents. You know, if uh, <laughs> if that's the case, and know what influenced them to become who they who they become. I think I think you're spot on with that, Sark. About both sort of two comment two comments in particular that you just mm -hmm. said. One that I feel like their their initial you brought up Gotham Central. I think their initial plan for Gotham was to make it very similar to Gotham Central, to have it very much a police procedural. Yeah, cop show. Which yeah. it was in season one. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of realized, like you were saying, they realized, okay, let's focus more. People prefer, people are loving some of the takes on the villains we get. People were loving mm -hmm. Corey Michael Smith as the Riddler. Mm -hmm. And people were loving um, the Robin Lord yeah, Taylor as the Penguin. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like people, then they were like, okay, and people were, I, I don't, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, David Mazouz is one of the best Bruce Waynes we've ever yes, gotten. Yes, he has that. really phenomenal. Yes. And so I think they were like, I think they were like, let's focus more on that stuff. And so that sort of, you saw it in season two, season three, and season four, they've sort of shifted their focus of that mm -hmm. show. The second thing that I was going to address that I totally agree with you on, now I'm not remembering what it was. What was the, se what was the second part of, of your I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> um... You know, I don't know. I'm sorry. It'll come I, don't up again. I don't know what the second thing I was agreeing. Right. Yeah, it'll come, it'll come to me. But yeah, um, uh, you were saying about Gotham that they have a sort of a different formula. Obviously, I think that I mean Gotham. One thing that's always struck me is how large their cast is. Mm -hmm. They have so many series regulars on that show, and they sort of you see it. Some uh, there's a lot that don't show up in this particular episode, mm -hmm. but they, I feel like they always find a great balance of them all. I do so too. I, I do really too. I really enjoy that about Gotham. Yes. And I think maybe the part of that with Gotham is that it seems, and you can correct me on this, but it seems like they take it by story arcs. So yes, like the I way, think they've the gotten they into title, that group. Yes. The, the title of the episodes and like a half season will be a certain story arc and then they'll, so I think they, that kind of allows them to mm -hmm. play with characters the, the way they do instead of having a, a season long thing that the other shows. Yeah, I agree. And Yes, now the, the pretty young lady with the shirt <laughs> over here on this. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but my Batman taught me that, because um, I was asking, like, dang, where's Bruce? Where's Alfred? I, I'm missing them. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, babe, they got to set it up. They got to show why we need the Batman. Yeah. We need Bruce Wayne to become who he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. And, and real quick, one last comment. It's just a little thing. I think Gotham has an advantage in one sense, um, almost subconsciously because of the name of the show. It's mm -hmm. not Baby Batman. You know, like so, <laughs> like if you didn't have enough Bruce, you'd be like, hey, you know, where is the, the main character? It's not called Gordon's Life and Times. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's called Gotham. And so yeah. we're, we're kind of yeah. getting an overall yeah. view of the city. And I think that gives the show... Uh, some breathing room, you know. So because yeah. Gotham and the Batman liberty. mythology really is a character in, in almost and of to itself. itself. Yeah, yes, yeah. it has been said repeatedly, and that is so true. Absolutely. The best way to feed off what you're saying, I agree with that. Gotham is a character the same way 
I know it's the DC panel, but the analogy I think about is Luke Cage in Netflix. Okay. Harlem is a character. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. In the same way I think Gotham is a character. Interesting. And so I think, I know they're different you know, things, but they're analogous to me. Mm -hmm. Because both those things are critical to the success of both those shows. Okay. I mean, in the Marvel Netflix universe, Harlem, Hell's Kitchen, these things are central to the mm -hmm. shows. They're central to the characters. Mm -hmm. That those places are characters. They they feed off the characters. Feed. And I think Gotham does the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this it's this it's a character. It lives. It breathes. Yeah. So I think that's what the what the strength of that show yeah. is that very thing. Yeah. So I agree with you on that. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're moving to yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you going to say no, something else? No, I was else? about to transition to the platform. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> but you, you do your thing. Okay. But how long do you expect it to last long? I mean, do you honestly believe you think it will be a 10 season day? Do are you, you asking? Are you asking me what I want? I want it to go on <laughs> for 20 years. I would like to see him become Batman. No, I don't think it would go on that long. But I honestly. If the ratings will hold up, because I know at the end of the day, this is all about money. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the, the landscape is changing so much. So I think some of us, we look at those ratings for our superhero shows and we're going, oh, jeez. Oh, please, can, you, can we bring that up a little bit? Yeah. But people are watching differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one reason they've been able to survive. They don't have to have the massive viewerships that they once mm -hmm. did because of not only the merchandising that goes with these types of shows, but also people are watching when they want to watch. And you know, exactly. so they're streaming it or they're purchasing it, but that's what we've started to do. We're, we're purchasing them as soon as they're available. Uh, so um, my hope is that they could go 10 years. It was always my feeling at the very beginning that if the ratings held up, the, the age of Bruce and Selena, that would take them right. Remember, I don't know if any of you read uh, before the show even came on, the showrunner said, no, you will never see Batman. Mm -hmm until the very last beat of the show, like yep. as Small it closes film. out. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, if the show, if they feel like, you know, we're gonna have to pull the plug on the show sometime soon, I will hate that. But it's my hope that they'll maybe do a time jump and go a little forward, yeah. you know, like, whoa, 10 years into the future or whatever. Yeah. Um, you would, I would like be. Smallfield, your character always started off as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And you had him see him through high school, four years of high school, four years of the university, and then of course two years as an adult, whereas yeah. yours, you're starting off as a kid, as a 12 year old. And by mm -hmm. the time you do 10 years, it'll be like 22 and now. Yeah. And, but of course, his villains, the okay. issue. Yeah. yeah, but his villains, on the other hand, the issue with them is that they're already, already older than him. They are. I think what they've done, and maybe they've taken liberties, um, I think with some of the characters, they have, they've chosen to have a character that still plausibly could be a nemesis for the Batman, because there are many tellings of the story, comics and other media, mm -hmm. cartoons, where the, the penguin will be a good deal older than mm -hmm. Bruce. The, the less physically challenging yes, villain, it doesn't yes, really matter right, as much. Right, the overweight. The, if anybody plays Batman the Telltale series, they made the Riddler an adversary of Thomas Wayne. Back and somebody oh, who Thomas okay. Wayne had encountered back in the past, so he was a great deal older than Bruce in that in that version of the character. So and I love the flexibility that seems to be intrinsic with the mythos, um, and so that's why I don't mind that you know when they play a little bit with the ages. Um, sure. And too, I, I I think you were a fan of, and I, I love meeting someone who's a fan of the Batman, the yes, animated, the animated series. Right? I mean, it was targeted toward children, but I'm telling you, there is some Batman yes. gold on that thing. Yes. There is, and yes. uh, that that's the series that made me a diehard Batman. Oh, interesting. It is, yeah. Okay, yeah. so if I'm not mistaken, they show Bruce Wayne starting his career like in his mid-20s. Yeah, he was younger in that show. And yeah, that's yeah. why I felt like, you know,
know, if they could go 10 years, it would be believable to see David Mazuz in the role. And just a connection there, Sark, the, in the most recent episode of Gotham, the villain, the toy maker, yes. was a villain directly, <laughs> was a villain directly pulled from the animated series, yes, The Batman, it was. Yeah. Cosmo Frank. Yeah, my wife yeah. looked at me and she said, you ought to see your face right now. <laughs> she you said, you are though? in Happyville. You're right about the time jump in the characters, because remember, but they kind of changed Poison Ivy like three times from a little girl. Yeah, that's kind of cool though. I, I didn't think I would like it. Yeah. And I have to admit, seeing her reveal, I'm like, I'm, I'm buying it. I am in. Now yeah, played, okay. now played by Smallville alum, Peyton List, who was Lucy Lane on Smallville. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, really? Oh, really? I did not realize that. And, and she was Golden Glider on The Flash, sort of say, transitioning us. Flash? That's a good segue, is there? Yes, I knew she looked familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's got a lot of DC credit to her name now. But um, but yeah, anybody got any questions on the Flash? I guess, should we should we open it up again for, for what, Flash questions? What do you guys think uh, about the Flash and or what are your questions about the Flash? Oh, okay, okay. So how do you feel about season four? Because a lot of people notice that whenever it's the season three of a CW, of what happened with Arrow and all, is that they tend to, to get downhill a bit and all, and they notice that. And so... You, I had you feel about season four. I sort of like it was like a soft reboot to the Flash. You know, they make it more chill, back to where he was back in the season one, his prime time, back when it, Flash was good. Yeah, I think they were sort of trying to address a lot of the criticism. And this, personally, I disagree with this criticism. But there was a lot of criticism last season about how dark the show got, the Flash. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this season is sort of a direct response to that in many ways. Yeah, mm -hmm. I kind of think the same way. And I, but I just think I agree with you that the show being dark was not like the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem was our hero was becoming a villain and it was not being acknowledged. Yeah. And so their way of addressing that was just like making the show lighter, but it's like, okay, it's lighter and people are laughing more, but like our hero's still kind of a villain, low key. So the problem wasn't really addressed. Oh, I gotta catch up. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm only up to, to season two. I see I missed some things. Yeah, I was about to say the darkness isn't and like the darkness is still there this season. I mean, yeah, you have absolutely. a you have a villain who's sucking the essence out of <laughs> people's bodies to become those people. That's that's and, pretty grim. And he's so, not a speedster because I know people had criticism about how we have another speedster villain. And yeah, you know, he thought he was an ally, then he became an ally. Yeah. At least this time it's a thinker. But people have noticed. He's not becoming like the villain we all we know we once know. He's becoming something different. Like he's not exactly who we supposed to thought he was. I think the thinker was also an attempt to address, maybe overcompensate, I don't know what for another complaint that was going on, which is, you know, so every, all of the complaints with this show, I think most of the main ones at least, have to do with the character of Barry Allen and like what they've constructed. And when you kind of strip away the sort of like, oh, he's this like innocent looking young boy who's kind of got like mommy issues and like whatever, but like he's gonna have a happy wedding and it's all gonna be great. You know, you kind of strip that away and you're sort of like, ooh, maybe I don't trust this guy. Maybe I don't like this guy. You know, like there's some problems here. Maybe literally everybody on his team is like a good person but maybe he might not be and you know he was like raised by a really good family of really good people but why is he not treating them so well sometimes you know so there's sort of these questions that sort of seep into this 
And one of the things that has to do with his character, just very tangent, like very tangibly, is that he's supposed to be this super smart guy. Like Barry Allen in the comics, you know, like he's he's a genius. You know, he was introduced on Arrow with, it's supposed to be in connection with Felicity, who's also supposed to be quite literally like an MIT genius, you know, mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then we get at this far into the show and we're sort of like, yeah, I know he can run fast, I guess, but like, is he really that smart? Like neither book smarts nor street smarts nor emotional sorts or anything it just feels like he that's not really coming across in the writing and flash has a problem of telling rather than showing sometimes so they'll tell you something's good but they may not show you that it's good they just think like if they say it enough it'll make it true so by having the the thinker come in as the villain we're like oh barry allen's really smart so like we'll highlight that by having a really smart villain and they've done like the villain really smart like he is like that's believable on paper but we're not really see we're not really seeing barry Allen be very smart. In fact, we're seeing him do some things that I think even the most like normal, average thinker, whatever, might just sort of be like, wait, did you did you really think that through? You know, like he's like stressing out about going to jail, but like he'll do it because he doesn't want his identity revealed. And it's like, buddy, every single bad guy on this show knows your identity. You're only keeping it a secret from you're the not, good guys. Like the worst kept you, secret identity. You were just shouting that you were the flash and he, a stripper. He revealed it to someone else this past play. week. Yeah, like, like this guy was at a, he's he at a- just told them, hey guys, if you want revenge, go after him because he's the Flash. Yeah. And all the villains find out. Yeah, like he was just shouting that he was the Flash at a strip club at his bachelor party. Like, everybody knows, my friend. Like, just stay out of jail. And it's also sort of this responsibility thing because one of the things that's supposed to be redeeming about him, the thing that, like, even if he's making all these bad decisions, he really wants to protect his family and he really cares about his family, right? Because, like, we're told that. Yeah. But are we shown that? Because he's willing to go to jail rather than protect his family by revealing his identity. So there's just like a lot of things there where mm. once you get past the fact that of our heroes, this is maybe one of the ones that has the most like youthful, guileless sort of front. Once you get past that, it's like this might not even be a guy with that heroic of values. He just really likes heroic values in, in, in the abstract sense. So I don't know. That's one of the reasons why in the crossovers when they link him with Kara so much yeah. and, and supposed to be presenting them as equals, I'm like, Kara does not deserve that slander. Like she, <laughs> she and Barry do not have the same like. Well, but I think Kara, when, when he's paired up with Kara, some of that good natured part of him comes out because yeah. of her influence. So. Yeah, like they have I, similar I personalities and they both like ice cream. But like my friend, like, he's he's you no Kara. Like, they both like musicals. They, they you do. know, you got me. There. <laughs> 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 Sure, seem to. Well, yeah. He's kind of hiding in jail because of he's can't tell people that he's the Flash. I mean, right. You know, that's kind of where they're going with that. Right. But, that, yeah, but can't I mean, he? kind of feel sorry for Iris because. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Because she married him. Right. So yeah, that's right. why I feel sorry for her. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of good for her, but yeah. so she's heartbroken. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I do feel bad for yeah. I, I know it's a point. It's funny what the, some of the character flaws we see in Barry, I think, are interesting because that's juxtaposed against other people in Team Flash, which mm-hmm. I think, to me, Frost, I mean, that whole thing, that dynamic with her, mm-hmm. that to me, something, it's interesting that he, the Flash must be the focus. Yeah. But then you look at the team, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at, wow, look at the elongated man. Look at the mm-hmm. Frost. Everybody else seems to be more interesting to me. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the central. But in a way, yeah. I think that's kind of 
interesting and makes it good in a weird kind of way. Yeah. Because it, it makes keeps, it keeps it most, it makes it more interesting. The episodes are more because everybody else has their elongated man, frog, the dad, Iris, and he was like, "Wow, this is what, wow, this is very interesting." And to see how they're dealing with what's happening with Barry. Yeah. I think to me that almost makes it more interesting that a hero is so flawed and effed up, basically, mm -hmm. that everybody around him, how does that affect everybody around him that's close to him? Yeah. One of you the know, things. So one that's of just the my take on it. Speaking of Jill that's the thing people had complained about her from last season, season three. Yeah. Because it felt like her just becoming evil just like that. It's just, yeah. it's just felt out of character and all. You know, mm -hmm. Caitlyn yeah. becoming Killer yeah. Frost. She yeah. just yeah. felt out of character, you know. The yeah. motivation for that in this universe, fight it, you know? yeah. Yeah. it feels very odd too yeah. that in this universe, yeah. and tell me if there's other examples of this, because I feel like there are on the flash and they're just escaping me, but that mm -hmm. whole concept of like, you know, a bunch of people are getting powers, right? You know, yeah. there's these Metals, like explosions, yeah. magic, yeah. wave the plot wand, whatever, and people right. get powers. and. <laughs> Yeah. And you have you have they're being given to you know good or bad people, right. but you have somebody who like who's like Barry, right? And we're supposed to believe right. he's good, like that's the right. premise. He gets powers and he becomes more good, right? He becomes a superhero, mm -hmm. and then it's like Caitlin gets powers and suddenly she's evil, like mm -hmm. yeah. she had be she had better morals than him this yes. whole time, you know. And I think there's been a couple instances mm -hmm. of women on the show getting powers and sort of being anti-hero slash evil ish, mm -hmm. and I'm like. Who the writer's room has an issue with women what's going on here like why do why did the guys become here i don't know so that's kind of a problem and i think one of the things you commented on that i think was really important is how it's kind of interesting to see everybody else's reactions to barry coming together to sort of elevate him because it's kind of become a thing where it's like it's not an episode unless everybody has to stand around and like tell barry he's still a good boy after making all these mistakes you know like and that's kind of what happens and we're rooting for everybody else and we sort of have to root for him where we're like I guess we have to root for Barry or else the characters I like are going to be upset. Like, I personally don't care about him, but, like, everybody who's good seems to like him, and I guess I don't want to see them cry, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think if you speak it, you got, like, I don't know how many characters will they have. Yeah. Although, yeah. I think, uh, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but you, the thing about Kid Flash and all, they started off as important, and, of course, as the season went through, they keep like the point I know and my season four of course they moved him from that show to Legends of Star and I want to know what you guys think about that you know from Kid Flash being from Team Flash to moving to Team Legends I just want to know why we had to go through the downgrade from Wally to Elongated Man like what did I do to deserve that <laughs> I've lived a good life Wally's fantastic. Yes, Wally was fantastic to the point where, like, you know, this show's called Flash, but, like, it doesn't have to mean Barry is Flash. It could kind of mean Wally is Flash, yeah, too. Yeah, like, we yeah, could kind of yeah, suck them out, get a little more Wally, and then it's like, no, 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 Cammy. Like, we're getting rid of Flash and we're putting in a long mated man. You can't have nice things. That's how I felt, but, like, yeah. it's fine. I'm not upset about it. Go ahead. You see, I actually I have a little bit of a different perspective because my frustration with Wally on the show was always that I wished he was written more like Wally was in in the DCAU and in Young Justice where he's this jovial humorous character and they sort of portrayed him as as a as sort of like a rebellious daredevil yeah and I I wanted I, I wanted I I don't put this on Keenan Lonsdale I think he's done a good job but I wanted them to write him more in that way right. yeah so for me I actually when they brought in Elongated Man I was like he's bringing the humor to the show that I always wanted to get out of Wally yeah. and so now what I'm hoping is now obviously um we'll, I guess we could talk about this a little bit more when we get into Legends but I think we're gonna go to Supergirl next and then Legends I'm sort of doing this in order of when the shows premiered but um yeah. 
We'll, um, but what I was saying about, I'm hoping that now, now we just saw Wally's first two episodes on Legends, and I'm yes. hoping that now that he's been meditating in China, he seems sort of like a more laid back character, and I'm hoping that sort of the Legends writers, that'll, that sort of be their in-universe reason for, obviously we know Legends is the most sort of humorous, goofy show. Yes. I'm hoping they'll start writing Wally more in that way. Mm -hmm. Now that he's moved on to that show, and that that could be like an in-universe way of them of him transitioning into that, so that's what I'm hoping for. So I have a question. Yeah. Wally's now on Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. We got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow is where everybody goes for personality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> interesting. We want to keep the face, but that's we want to like reset okay. the character traits. Yeah. Like, right. well, Legends, hey, Legends you know, is where you go. They've only got I think two or three characters left that originally started on Legends. Really? So yeah, there's been a lot of changes. Sorry, over to there. Talk about the <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not there anymore. Okay. Yeah, okay. Should we move on to the Girl of Steel? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know Rebecca, you'll be excited about this. So let's, let's do it. Okay, about Supergirl. Here's the talking stick. <laughs> so of course, Supergirl premiered in 2015 on CBS. Right. Of course, now it's on the CW since season two. But um, so this was sort of originally it wasn't. It's sort of doing what I think they're going to wind up doing with Black Lightning, which is doesn't it doesn't start out technically part of the Arrowverse, but eventually they'll find a way to incorporate yeah. it. Yeah. And um, so we start. Multiverse. What's that? <laughs> Multiverse. Multiverse, exactly. Just gonna make a hey, wanna join us for Team Emerald? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, of course, this is on a different Earth. As you pointed out, it's on Earth 38. <clears throat> and um, so, this is another one of the Arrowverse shows that I feel like takes some inspiration from Smallville, too. So, I gotta point that out. Of course, th this season we got the episode Midvale, mm -hmm. which yeah. I took a lot, had a lot of nods to Smallville and felt like they're sort of homage to, to Smallville. So, that was great. Um, but this show, of course, Focusing on Supergirl, of course, we got Superman a little bit in it, but um, we we got Supergirl, we got the DEO, we got Martian Man during the show. You, should we open up the questions? Do you have anything you want to say first, Rebecca? No, uh, no. I mean, I like I, like I said, I've really been enjoying this season because um, this season of Supergirl has been a little bit of a departure of how they formatted the shows previously. Because this this season, they've actually had a, a villain becoming the villain. Yes. Uh, so I think that that's actually been a really good change. Cause, and what I've been really surprised by, I didn't think that I would be so attached to Samantha and Ruby as I have. But yeah. now I'm really concerned for where that's heading yeah. and what's going to happen to yeah. Ruby especially because she has no idea what has happened to her mother. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that really raises the stakes of the show and, and all the world killers that are coming in. I mean, they did a great job, I thought, writing-wise. In the middle of the season, they had that big fight between Supergirl and Rain. Yes. Yes. Drag-out wow. brawl. I mean, the two of them were just slugging each yes. other. And Supergirl lost that fight. Yes, and she did. was yeah. really hurt. And I think that that makes me really excited to see how they're going to stop three, possibly four of Rain. Uh, you know, if, if that was what happened to Supergirl in that first fight, what's going to happen later on? So I think that the, the raising of the stakes has been really exciting. Yeah. Now I've got to ask you, and I'll, ask, I'll open this up to the audience too, is anybody else getting Davis Bloom vibes from yeah, Ray there, there on, is, on There's Supergirl. a lot of that, uh, the, yeah. the way that they have transitioned yeah. the s seemingly normal person to, oh, I'm an alien and I have these powers and I'm also possibly a bad guy, That there's a lot of things. Yeah, to that's what I was, I always, I always think of the Smallville parallel, so I had to bring it up. Um, it's so cool that they put Sarah Douglas in there. We got to meet Sarah Douglas at a convention. Oh, cool. Awesome. Was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ursa and now, um, what did Jinda Call Raz? Jinda Call Raz. Well, yep. I was thinking about the, the other, the homage. CW like to do these homages and I think it's great homages to these other things, but the very first season, when it was even when she was on CBS, we are huge Christopher Reeve fans. 
that he's my Superman. I don't care what everything about. That's my Superman. <laughs> no, no, he's my Superman. I mean, so when when I saw the reference to Tess Monica, I lost my mind. When 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 uh, she screamed Tess Monica, yeah, we lost we lost it. We lost it. Yeah. Because that reference, that homage to Superman one and two with Chris and. He made the promise to Miss Tessmark, okay, I will save your mom in New Jersey, then I'll stop the messing with Lauda. That whole reference to that thing, we lost it. What are the chances we get Otis on the show at some point? I'm looking for Otis. Hey, I gotta bring up Smallville again. He was in the season 11 comics of Smallville. Yeah, check those out. He wasn't on the show itself, but he was around with Lex in the season 11 comics. They even did some... They did some Easter eggs like that. I think it was in the Earth-X crossover where Supergirl says, would you like to take this... This most recent crossover too, this was a little bit more subtle than that first Brandon Routh Superman nod. Yeah. But they, she said, when Supergirl was like tied up on the table, yeah. she goes, my cousin's gonna come and save me. It's not just Tyler Hecklin Superman that shows up though, right. it's Brandon Routh is the Adam that comes up and saves her. Yep. When, she, uh, when she became evil because of the Red Kryptonite, oh my god, they had to do Superman 3 reference. That was yeah, great too. Supergirl, and she had a good point. Season three had a much better villain, yes, right? Because did. the issue with uh, what people had with the first two, they're not bad enough, mm -hmm. but they didn't have great villains to start off, unlike the other CW shows. Mm -hmm. So the first season, I mean, you sure you had a family member, but we didn't really see that much of a dynamic with her aunt. And yeah. Season two, you had Bonnell's mother, yeah, and she I didn't came like at the that last much. minute and all. But, but again, it is another great nod of Supergirl paying homage to DC history, of yes. course, with Lois Lane. Now I'm gonna cast. have to I'm gonna have to throw in a Lily and Luther reference uh, mm -hmm. because she was a fantastic villain, still a great uh, yes. villain. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so they've actually done a, a, a fair job. I think the reason Rain is so effective is that it's mm -hmm. it's emotionally compelling because you have that family dynamic between Sam and Ruby. Yes. Um, but they've had some really good villains, of course, Livewire, R.I.P. Uh, Maxwell Lord. He, Maxwell Lord. Um, he was kind of an antihero, um, but I mean, there's. Let's see who else. I really liked Lillian Luther. I liked Astra a lot. Nan was. Mm, um, Indigo was also. Mm, but they. But every now and then they'll have some really good villains, and I, I think this. Or Livewire. Yeah. 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 Do you like Livewire? Yeah. Uh, what happens in that? I thought it was very. I thought it was impactful, but I thought that it could have been more impactful if they had let that redemption arc. If they had been able to draw it out a little bit longer, I thought, just felt it was a little bit rushed. But yeah, no, I could, I could see that. I, I don't know how much of that is like an actor commitment. Maybe she only, maybe she said, "Hey, I can only do one more episode of Supergirl." You know, I don't, I don't know the behind the scenes of that. Sure. Um, but I think it was very, uh, it was done well because she, she basically says, at the, you know, kind of the midpoint of that episode that, you know, I would, I would fry you if I could right now. And at the end yeah, of the episode, yeah. she ends up saving Supergirl. Yeah. So a, a defenseless depowered Supergirl no less so yeah. I think some of the stuff they did with her was really gut-riching because she was I likened her I don't know if anybody uh, watches Brooklyn Nine-Nine oh, yes. uh, there's a character uh, the Pontiac Bandit yes. Doug, Doug oh Judy yeah. I kind of felt like Livewire was the Doug Judy of yeah. Supergirl because she would pop back up she'd be the nemesis to the main character they would sort of have that 
frenemy type vibe, <laughs> but they would always, you know, kind of help each other out. So I, I'm going to miss Livewire for sure. Yeah. I love how they moved to Citavia, but unfortunately, because they moved to Citavia and they had to do a new show, unfortunately, that's the reason why we don't really see Cat Grant anymore as a series regular. Yeah. Yeah. Tragic felt, loss. I know. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Cat yeah. Grant. She was so great. It was mm. such a disappointment that she was. Yeah, yeah when Cat comes back, like things, you know, things they are do. elevated. It's Everybody like everybody starts. Yeah, like yeah. your life starts getting better. You know, you start. You know, <laughs> you start feeling better. Yeah. Everything clears up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm still a little. I know, like this season's gotten a little better, mm -hmm. like you said, Rebecca. But I, I still kind of scratch my head about what's going on with Jimmy. Or James. Yeah. James, you got to give him that respect. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, grown, he's a grown man. And I know they're trying to do something with Ian Lane with Dina, but um, it just—it's tragic awesome to watch, him. isn't it? You it like, look, like yeah. I know, he's he's a he's a um, he's a legacy char character in Superman lore, and it's like you're you know the, <laughs> when they had the when they had the uh, wedding party with Maggie and uh, mm -hmm. Alex mm -hmm. and. Um, one minute, all of a sudden, he was just there, and then yeah. he wasn't there. And I turned to my wife, and I'm like, he's like that little kid, and who's the boss? Like, the son, who would come in and say something in one episode, and then he'd be gone. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was so sad to me, because yeah. I love the character Jimmy Olsen. And, we, so I'm hoping for a little more um, out of the writers with him. I'm actually somebody who will go to bat for him as Guardian because I think that Guardian costume and the way they modulate his voice, I just think it's so cool that I can I can forgive that it may be the storyline. They, I can forgive the fact that it is quite evident that they don't quite know what to do with him given how badass that, that suit and that yeah. armor is. The shield is pretty cool. This is a much cool, better right? James Olsen than we had in the comics. We talked, we talked about how like within the CW-verse, mm -hmm. a lot of times characters will like go to Legends for a personality reboot. And I feel like yeah. James has gone to Legends three times now. Like, he's come back with three personalities. <laughs> yeah. He's a character I could totally see if they, if they, if Supergirl doesn't know what to do with him. He's a character I would love to see Earth 38 get some representation on the, on the Wave Rider crew. I just, oh, I, yeah. I just think it's, right. it's tragic. Somebody. Yeah, it's tragic the way he, he keeps being rebooted and then keeps being sidelined yeah. because he's yeah. been rebooted. Yeah. And it's like any one of these storylines that they've kind of had for him could be okay, other than the Lena thing, which like really, really. But like well, the, the crazy thing to me is that there's so much that you can do with James yes. Olsen. Yeah. And, and the weird, the weird thing is they made Carr a reporter, yeah. and at the same time made James not be a photographer anymore. Yeah. Right. That seems like a logical it thing to pair them up to be like a news To create news that partnership. partnership. Yeah, yeah, it's an obvious thing to create that partnership between mm -hmm. them and and they're the, you know, the comic canon romance sure. thing. If they wanted to do that, which they can stray from that if they want, whatever, but you still have this character and you still have this character who is going to have some version of partnership with Kara, romantic or not, and they're going to be some version of like sort of heroes together. Her being a superhero, him being a hero in the way that we see a lot of the characters who don't have like superpowers or even a super suit although I guess he has the guardian thing now but like regardless of whether they stick to that bit or not he's going to be a hero because of the heroic values he has and because he has you know been on Superman's side and now Supergirl's side and all of that and they really just they keep rebooting him without presenting him as a hero even when they give him all of the accoutrements of a hero so that's kind of unfortunate and then when they realize like oh we don't know what to, oh, don't know what to do with this guy they kind of just like 
let him drift off to the side. And it's like, yeah. like you said, he's a legacy character. And it, it really seems to influence, I guess, a lot of how Kara is being written as well. I think there was a, there was a line I felt that was so tragic that like I, and I say this as somebody who I, I watch Supergirl every week. I like it. This is this is not a drag or whatever. It was mind-boggling to me that this line made it onto the show. Like nobody cut this. She's talking to Monel mm-hmm. and she says, The worst thing that I could imagine is you looking at me without love in your eyes. You have Supergirl, the person who's supposed to be this heroine, saving her city, saving the world. That's the worst thing she can imagine is this guy Monel not loving her. <laughs> you would have her say that. That was I can't yeah, believe yeah. they allowed that yeah. into that. And I think it's because she doesn't have this groundedness that would come from a partnership with James, romantic or otherwise, that's allowing this disproportionate response to all of her other romantic entanglements. So that's that's kind of hard for me to watch. <clears throat> Somebody think that that's a like character trait for her and like write that in and that made it through the final cut and nobody said anything I'm like wow and that probably plays into what we said earlier in the discussion about how you know some of these shows sometimes struggle with being able to focus on a singular character on a main lead character Mm -hmm. one of my things that I wish that they would do more is show Kara as a reporter and show show what she's doing as, as a as a not a normal human being, because obviously she's an alien who can shoot fire from her eyes. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, what she cares about. Yeah, that she's helping National City in a, another way that's not related to being Supergirl. I think there's, especially this season, there's a lot of Supergirl stuff, which I love. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice, and I think that's a way that you could bring, uh, you know, James into that. Because yeah. Jimmy Olsen is the craziest kid. Well, okay, I'll strike that. Snapper Carr is the craziest oh. easy oh. in history. Oh, um, but Jimmy Olsen also, you know, he's he's turned into Turtle Boy. He's he's you know he's got an elastic power. It's like he's crazy, and I, I wish they would, um, you know, utilize some of that comic. I mean, there's a lot of comic book canon history of mm-hmm. Jimmy Olsen that they could use for the show. So maybe maybe one of these days they'll dip into that. I feel bad, guys, because we, we didn't get a chance to get to Legends or Black Lightning yet, but um, we do have to wrap this panel up, guys. I, I wish I I would have liked to have paced it a little bit better, but I feel like we did have a great discussion about mm-hmm. the we, shows we, we did talk them, about, so I hope that we that... that. I do want to say one yeah. thing about Legends. Do you honestly, do you think that the strength, well, after season one, you know, how a lot of people had issues with season one because mm-hmm. of Vandal Savage, the Hawks being used as more as like, you know, as like uh, MacGuffins and all that, Season two uh, and season three, a lot of people have said a lot. One thing, one improvement was, of course, having Damien Dark being a much better character than than what he was in Arrow, but also the fact that their villains is not just one particular villain. It is actually a group of them, especially season two, with with their own version of the Legion of Doom. And do you think that strength is that should Legends continue on having villain, uh, villain teams rather than just a single villain, considering that since they're a team of their own, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think that they've done a good job last I think they did a great job with the Legion of Doom last year, and I think this season is a little bit, it's not so much of a concrete team, but you've got Mollus, and you've got Damian Dark, and you've got Damian Dark's daughter, Nora. So and Gorilla got, Grodd. And, and Gorilla Grodd, yeah, 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 him too. So we saw him once. I'm assuming we'll see him again. Does anybody know if he's coming back again? Probably. He'll be back Probably. before the season finale. Yeah. I'm betting he'll be back too. So, um, yeah, I, I think they've done a good job with teams, so it does make sense with that being the most overt team show that they have a villain team too. So, shoot, I'm, I'd be down for that. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you all for coming. Yeah, um, we really appreciate it.